Welcome to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie filling in all week, very appreciative. Our special guest co-host today is the TV host, Rebel HQ, BenGlebe.com. And of course, he's very funny, very funny comedian and has fans and a following all over the place. So welcome to you, Ben. I'm very happy that we're back together. And I want to talk more about your, yeah, your latest special because I know it's gonna be another hit. And I want to learn about your last one because it was a special one and a tribute, if you will. So let's talk about yes. that. But it first, was also, this is the oh first no. time, Sharon, that I've ever been introduced as BenGlebe.com. I'm going full <laughs> branding all the time. I love it. Why not? And if you want, I can refer to you as such throughout the show here right. on Indisputable. Right. People love you, and we're going to make sure they know where to find you at all times. Our first story today a judge who okayed that Kansas. Paper raid, we want to tell you more about this judge. She has a history of DUIs, did that affect her decision in this very controversial case? Judge Laura Viar, the Kansas magistrate judge who authorized the police raid of the Marion County Record Newsroom over its probe into a local restaurateur's drunk driving record, has her own hidden past, we've learned of DUIs. Wichita Eagle investigation found that prior to her appointment, VR was arrested at least twice for DUI in two different Kansas counties in 2012, while she was the lead prosecutor for Morris County. Second arrest came amid an unopposed reelection bid for county attorney. Viar's DUI history could face scrutiny given the approved warrant came in response to the Marion County record digging into restaurant owner Carrie Newell's past drunk driving. The Viar authorized raid came after Newell complained about the investigation that was never even published. Sensitive much? Newell was seeking a liquor license for her restaurant, was upset too that reporters used a public state database to confirm she lost her driver's license over a DUI. Marion County Chief Gideon Cody, who was also under investigation by the Marion County Record, over sexual misconduct claims at the time, seized reporters, computers, cell phones, and other documents. Cody sought the search warrant to find evidence of computer crimes and identity theft after the complaint by Newell. Joan Meyer, age 98 and co-owner of the record and mother of its editor, died the day after the raid, which included a search of her home and seizure of some of her belongings. In an interview before her death, she called the raid, quote, Hitler tactics. Bayer's drunk driving history now. It's unclear whether a judicial nominating commission that selected Bayer for the magistrate position knew about her arrest and diversion. Members of the commission did not return calls from Eagle and Kansas City Star reporters. She would have been required to disclose both arrests in her application. Wichita Eagle with the reporting details there. Now the first arrest in Kofi County, January 25th, 2012 has not been reported. She was not supposed to be driving because her driver's license was suspended. She reportedly drove off road, crashed into a school building, a school building while driving. Then eighth district magistrate judge Thomas Ball's vehicle. Can we, let's just put some punctuation there. Driving without a license. Crashed into a school. I mean, that's what I just read. And a judge magistrate's vehicle. Okay. There's more. 
in Coffee County, Bayer was charged and entered diversion agreement, which was extended six months because she refused to get an alcohol and drug evaluation and stopped communicating with her lawyer. She was never sanctioned by the state's attorney discipline board and won reelection multiple times as a Republican candidate for Morris County attorney. Wow. Second arrest in Morris County, August 6, 2012, likely would have been a violation of her diversion agreement. The court records indicate prosecutors in Coffee County didn't know about the Morris County case. And the earlier Coffee County DUI was not disclosed to the public in Morris County where she was standing for reelection. Details of the warrant and its fallout. Well, the warrant Bayar approved, allowed Cody and his officers to forensically examine for evidentiary purposes. All of the data, images, documents, and electronic communications in the seized devices, which included one reporter's personal cell phone. Also included documents and records pertaining to Carrie Newell, the warrant said. Warren also authorized Marion police to search all of Marion County record and its journalists, digital communications devices, digital storage media that wasn't used to look into Newell to exclude from seizure those which have not been involved in the identity theft. Hmm. Record has indicated it plans to bring a federal lawsuit against the authorities involved in the search and seizure of the records news gathering materials, which could be used to identify anonymous sources and the information they provided. Byers decision to approve a search warrant of the Marion County record on August 11th has come under intense scrutiny for First Amendment reasons, advocates across the US. Many calling the move unconstitutional, illegal as well. Kansas Bureau of Investigation took over the investigation on Monday and is in the process of reviewing prior steps taken and determine how best to proceed with the case. Marion County Attorney Joel Ensi said Wednesday that the warrant was ordered with insufficient evidence to establish a connection between the material seized and the alleged crime. Marion County prosecutor withdrew the search warrant. Ben, I don't know what's going on in this small town, but that's a lot. And it sounds like <laughs> a crime was probably committed, okay, by those who were involved in this. This is nutty. And I was thinking as I was going through all the details that, well, this is so horrible for journalism everywhere. It's gonna go all the way to the Supreme Court if it has to. And then I remembered, isn't that where Clarence Thomas works? <laughs> if he were deciding this thing with all of the investigative journalism he's been subjected to lately, I'm not so sure he would uphold journalistic principles and ethics. What do you say? This is a strong point he would hear. Wait a minute, somebody issued a warrant to make sure that somebody got retribution for a thing similar to what happened to me personally. I that think part. it's just fine. I mean, he probably will invite her on the next fishing trip. Who knows yeah. exactly, but uh, this is no surprise. Small town Kansas judge is issuing vindictive warrant for exactly what yeah. she went through. It's amazing to me how bad these people are even at covering their tracks. How about if you don't want people to learn about your past DUI convictions, maybe you don't transparently issue an insane far reaching overreaching warrant for the exact same case. Uh, might be a good way to keep people off of your trail by chance, but you might not know Sharon, Kansas law 
very loose with who it allows to be magistrate judges. There are only three requirements. One of them, they have to live in the county. Two, they have to have a high school diploma only. And three, be either practicing law or be able to pass a test within 18 months. I guess after you are the judge and they're like, wait a minute, your decisions that are already affecting lives seem pretty ill informed. Do you mind taking a test and letting us know if indeed you know <laughs> things about judging or not? Know anything about the law? Wow. You know, the details that you just imparted there, I almost want to, if I had a beer in honor of this judge, I'd say mazel, okay? This is this is incredible. Anyone can do it. Anyone can be part of this thing. And oh yeah, it's our personal thing. And if you offend us, we'll just take you out. The co-owner of the paper, 98 year old, who we said passed away, her son says she died. She was in 98 years old, we got it, but she was in good health. This killed her. She did die the next day. What do you think the fallout should be here? Yeah, I mean, she gave an interview, it seems, the next day or the day of, and then died the next day. It does seem as though it killed her, although 98 is a pretty good length. But to have all of a sudden your life's work destroyed by unconstitutional Gestapo esque means, I think the punishment needs to be a complete repudiation, a dis. Barring of this not even barred judge, it seems like, and try to prove that you do not do anything that is removed from the letter of the law and how it should go. I mean, it was so overreaching. Part of the warrant said that they were able to seize the electronic devices of other staff to prove that they should not have their devices seized. That's we're how gonna the law to take your devices yeah, okay. just to exclude you from the investigation. Well, that's called including you in the investigation, which is the exact opposite if words still matter in this world, which they don't. Wow, well said, hypocrisy is a word that comes to mind when, listen, a lot of people have drinking problems. We don't want them driving, but a lot of people have gone through this. It's wrong and it endangers lives, but it is a sickness. And I don't know, she's an alcoholic or she just says, I'm gonna put a few back and nobody's gonna tell me what to do. But the hypocrisy here, I don't want to be reported on, but I'm going to sit in judgment of you. Do you believe that people have enough respect for the reasons journalism became an institution? There was a need for it in the first place, because I'm not sure people get it, how dangerous this is. I think that they did much more before. One of the million things in our country that Donald Trump broke. Yeah. I mean, he's truly the. There's definitely people that have gone after the press before, but never someone as blatantly and publicly and obviously, which is what seeps into the brains of those who have not much of them to go around to be pointing out directly. It literally like point like you're in class back there. The mm-hmm. enemy of the people, the enemy mm-hmm. of the state, get them, and then you wonder why all of a sudden. The press is seen negatively instead of as a vital fourth estate to hold in check and balance our mm-hmm. often corrupt government. It's very obvious, and I just am so happy that there are so many indictments that have come down on Trump now. But we don't have a country if if him and all of his co-conspirators are not punished to the highest degree of the law. And every single person that overreaches against a media organization, 
against the institutions of our government, against our democracy, if they're not punished so severely that it scares future generations sure. from doing anything like this, our country's done. I agree with you, and you know, you mentioned the pointing and even the naming of certain journalists and targeting. I remember when 44, President Obama froze Fox News out for a stretch, and he was criticized for it. I think we understand what he was seeking. He was seeking more accurate, more truthful reporting. But I guess the flip side is how much is the media responsible for this? And not just Fox and their, how much was that judgment? Where's Tucker? Not just Fox though, because you have other cable entities and the like who are just bleeding so heavily into the commentary and less into the facts. Fox is responsible too, but how much is journalism as a whole? Because one of the details that hasn't been reported that much with this story is that the the editor, who I believe is the co-owner, notified police. They weren't even gonna run this story, but notified police and said, that's something fishy with this, so I just wanna, it seems like very cozy. I don't work for the police, I'm a journalist. And I don't know why you'd be calling them and alerting them to a story you weren't even gonna run. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's just interesting. I don't know. I mean, I just dropped that I bomb. Mean, yeah, you dropped the bomb. I don't. I think it's interesting. I think I. I don't think that is too much of a problem if it's giving tips of crimes. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know we'll if that's see. much of a problem as corruption that goes deeper, but because that at least has transparency to it. But if they're doing it to curry favor, obviously with that police department, then it's a different yeah. story. Well, they don't want to have my phone, okay? You don't want to take this, okay? But I, I got a lot of secrets on there. It's time to talk about Trump, the latest, the case, and um, all those supporters. You're still gonna rock with it, huh? Okay, uh, you might pay for that if you do something that colors outside the bounds like threaten the indictment judge and jury members. You know you can't do that, right? Maybe she didn't. Criminal complaint filed Friday, federal investigators say Abigail Joe Shry of Alvin, Texas faces federal charges for allegedly threatening to kill the judge overseeing Donald Trump's election fraud case and a Democratic member of Congress earlier this month. Shry with the upside down smile in her mugshot. Left a voicemail on August 5th threatening to kill US District Judge Tanya Chutkin. She's on the left. And Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, Democrat out of Texas. Chutkin, Chutkin, 2014 nominee, President Obama was assigned earlier this month to oversee the government's case, accusing Donald Trump of conspiring to defraud the US with his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Lee, of course, a senior member of multiple committees in the US House of Representatives, including the Judiciary Committee, introduced articles of impeachment against Trump a day after the January 6th insurrection. According to the complaint, Troy admitted to Department of Homeland Security investigators, she left the voicemail, which began, hey, you stupid slave, followed by a racial epithet, then proceeded to threaten to kill anyone who went after Trump. That list included the federal judge, congresswoman, 
all Democrats in Washington DC and all people in the LGBTQ community, investigators wrote. That reported from WUSA, the CBS station, Washington, CBS 9. You are in our sights, we want to kill you, Shirai allegedly said at one point later adding. If Trump doesn't get elected in 2024, we are coming to kill you. Tread lightly, B, she said the word. Complaint charges Shry, one count of transmitting a threat to injure another person, a felony that carries a max prison term of up to five years. According to the complaint, although Shry admitted to making the call, she denied any plans to travel to DC or Houston to carry out anything she stated, adding that if Sheila Jackson Lee comes to Alvin, well, then we need to worry. So we should check the Congresswoman's schedule. We should. On Monday, a federal judge in Texas ordered Shry held without bond during a preliminary detention hearing. Magistrate Judge Sam S. Sheldon's detention order noted Shry has been charged four times in the past year for engaging in similar conduct. Why couldn't the Kansas City small town people seize her phone? She's got to give up her phone. She's got to put the phone down. Intervention time, four times, similar conduct, including at least two cases that resulted in conviction, 30 days imprisonment. According to Sheldon, Shry was so charged on July 11th with misdemeanor threat causing fear of imminent serious bodily injury and was on bond in that case when she made the alleged call to the federal judge's office. Meanwhile, the purported names and addresses of members of the grand jury that indicted Donald Trump and 18 of his co-defendants on state racketeering charges this week have been posted on a fringe website that often features violent rhetoric. NBC News has learned. NBC News is choosing not to name that website featuring the addresses to avoid further spreading of that information. Grand jurors purported addresses were spotted by advanced Democracy, a nonpartisan research group founded by Daniel J. Jones, a former FBI investigator and staffer for the US Senate Intelligence Committee. That indictment issued Monday lists the names of the grand jury members, but not their addresses or other personal information. It's becoming all too common, too commonplace to see everyday citizens performing necessary functions for our democracy being targeted with violent threats. By Trump supporting extremists, Jones said, the lack of political leadership on the right to denounce these threats, which serve to inspire real world political violence is shameful. Again, NBC News. As Democracy also noted that users were posting the names and images of people believed to have been grand jurors on the other social media sites. The post asserted that jurors had posted on social media in support of Senator Bernie Sanders out of Vermont, Raphael Warnock. Georgia, former President Barack Obama, and the Black Lives Matter movement. These jurors have signed their death warrant by falsely indicating President Trump a post on a pro-Trump forum read in response to a post including the names of jurors which was viewed by the network NBC. Truth social users have been salivating at this possibility since the indictment was released. Quote, I'm looking forward to the fun some will have with a list of leaked grand juries. And then that I picture it cackling. <laughs> this wasn't the best cackle, but you get the point. One user reportedly wrote that. Another, someone needs to look into all of these grand jurors. I can guarantee that every one of them has a big fat D 
by their name, wrote another, the Daily Beast with the details there. Uh, ben, your cackle's probably better than mine, you're a comedian. Perhaps you can fill in where I left off. But I wanna talk about Ms. Shry first. It is, that was an incredible frowny face in her mugshot. Um, she's been through this process before. Apparently, she does not block her number. She just calls and says, there it is. You see what I mean? She just says whatever she wants. Size her up, dissect what's going on here with her and it's speculation. But I'm interested in your take. Well, I love when people look like the story that is about them. Yes. She looks yeah. it. She looks like somebody who is currently awaiting a court date for death threat phone calls, and while awaiting, is making more of those phone calls. Doesn't look as though she has the best discernment of right versus wrong. Um, very bold, idiot, dangerous, bold idiot to while being questioned and arrested over threats made against a judge and a congressperson. She says, I did make the threats, yes. I did not have any plans to travel there, I'm a bit lazy. But if she comes here, I will still make good on these death threats. That is very bold. I mean, you're aware now is the part where you're supposed to defend yourself, right? And <laughs> not admit to the crime. So apparently she's not aware of that. Okay. And very sadly, this is, it was phrased perfectly in that story that this is becoming more and more commonplace, not mm. from religious extremists, not from political extremists, from Trump supporting extremists. It is specifically tied to this one orange menace, this monster that is for his own sake, for his own ego, literally destroying the country in so many ways. Not just in sowing doubt in our elections, therefore breaking our democracy. And if he's not punished for that, we no longer have a country that will have trusted elections. And if that isn't put somehow back in the bag, not only in mistreating our classified documents, which others have done, but then hiding them from the very government you're supposed to run, not only in doing illegal hush money payments, not only in being found guilty in a civil case for sexual abuse, but even so insidiously and cancerously spreading such lies and such empowerment to your uneducated yet hypnotized fan base that is now threatening the lives of public yeah. officials. That is intimidating people. That will make it harder to get people to serve on these things. They'll make it harder to get people to come back with the right verdicts. Again, we need some bravery here, but the only way to put this back in the bag is for people to, in the face of all of this, find these monsters and the head monster guilty on every charge and punish them and jail time so that we learn America is not your playground. You do not get to crumble the constitution and burn up our laws because you would like to be in the White House again and you'll do mm -hmm. all that it takes. That The house you will end up is the big house. That's the wow. house you're gonna end up in. Um, we gotta go to break, but I, I, you know, there are victims here. Father says, his daughter is one, she was drinking. I picture her drinking on a, a like a, a worn plaid couch before she made the call. That's just my thought. 
And there are people who believe she's a victim. Not everybody's mental, not everybody you know, sizing you up. It's as if, I, I feel like I know, I'm speculating. You took AP courses, comedians are funny, but they have to be smart. So I believe your IQ is quite high. And perhaps that prevents someone like you from falling into this kind of disgusting rhetoric and acting upon it. Ms. Schreiber. I, I will kill, I will kill, I will kill on stage tonight. I promise you that. I'm yes, a very useful person. Comedians use very yeah. violent language because we are smart and we don't need mm. to make that. Oh my God, are yeah. we still part of your band? Um, part of your show. Very funny guy. We're gonna go to break, but I want that to marinate. And I want to see what the comments say, the people who are watching, Ben, because I don't know that Ms. Shry is a victim. Um, I don't know that she's not just a victim of herself or her circumstance, her family. I don't know. But Donald Trump has victimized a lot of people, and you've made a lot of sense. And it's time for there to be consequences. Consequences that go beyond just taking away someone's phone. This is indisputable. Ben Glebe is the special guest co-host today, BenGlebe.com and Rebel HQ. And a wildly funny guy, we're gonna learn about his upcoming special. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I'm Sharon Reed in for the good doctor all week. Ben Glebe, one of our favorites and a wildly funny comedian, insightful commentary too. Is joining us now as special guest co-host and Ben. I know when I want to talk about this big special you have coming up. Um, people love you, but when we were last on together, you were preparing. I think at night um, to do a virtual special in honor of your dad. And I, I just, I've been dying to know how that, how that went. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, my fans, the mad ones were so incredible. They honored my dad in the coolest way. They surprised me with virtual backdrops, photos of me and my dad and changed their middle name, almost everybody to Dodgers because my dad was the biggest Dodger fan. And I'd edited a reel of his first appearance with me on my comedy show. And then the VIP at the end was all these great memories of him. And during it was just a beautiful honoring and it's been one of many. My my fans are next level human beings. They even uh, did an online shiva for my dad. We're a Jewish family, and I joined them for that just in about a week after he passed. Incredible people. I'm really fortunate to have the support of such kind-hearted humans. Before we move on to what's on tap, um, I just have a question because not everybody can be a comedian. It's very hard, and you're talking about doing it in front of audiences, where they, you can't script how they're gonna. React to it, but when you're dealing with something as emotional as this, what's it like performing and still being funny? Isn't it a distraction that too heavy a heart? It is hard. It is hard. I've been able to perform through pretty much everything in my life, but mm. I took a good chunk of time off after this. I tried to do a set. Two weeks later and I was not ready and it did not go very well, but I also oh, wow. just been channeling it into my art as well. And I just debuted my new hour, it's actually 85 minutes and it's called Endings. And it's about all the hard things I've gone through this year. And I guess that's the way I've chosen to do it is not to push it aside, but to involve it in what I do and what I'm talking about and try to grow as a 
artist and as a person by sharing the tough times out loud. So it's hard because I relive it every time now when I do it on stage if I want to do it justice. But I also feel like it's sort of my duty to do it because so many people are going through their own hard yeah. times and loss. You comedians are our therapy too, so so often. Um, so what's what's on tap? I will be charging you three fifty for this hour. <laughs> and a half. Oh, the prices. I don't know if that's enough. Okay, if I'm if you're going to counsel me, I don't know if that's enough because there's so it's, many. Tips sessions. are always welcome, and just from barely knowing you, I agree. It's one thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, as long as I'm going to be cured. You'll be cured after a number of years. <laughs> Slow progress. Sure. Uh, <laughs> wow, you guys. Um, I have a very fun uh, virtual show coming up. That show we just talked about, Glebe off the top, where you honor my dad. We're just doing a regular old one on September 9th, uh, right after I get back from Burning Man. You can get tickets right now at nowherecomedy.com. We've had TYT folks joining for a bunch of the recent ones. It's interactive. You keep your camera and mic on if you want. You ask questions. You are part of the silly. Fun madness. Ricky Lake joined for my last one, Hi. my last two actually. We have special guests, so please come join. And if you'd like to see me perform stand up much more soon, especially if you're someone who enjoys the Burning Man vibes, tomorrow, this Friday, I am headlining a fundraiser show in Sautel area of LA for a Burning Man camp that a friend of mine is doing. I'm performing, you can also do workshops, learning how to do different stuff like fire. Dancing and bike decorating and a DJ oh, wow. performing and all this stuff. I just posted an Instagram story about it. So you can just go to my Instagram story, click the link, and come see a pretty much private show. I'm inviting all of you to come join and hang out with us and see a very different vibe than the than the TYT vibes. Yeah, this is another side of you. Very talented. Um, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it always. And um, I know it's going to be another big hit. Let's get to some comments now. Uh, a lot of you have plenty to say about that judge. In Kansas, who okayed that raid of the newspaper there. We've learned that judge has a history of DUIs. TYT member K Dragon, Italian for truth and justice, says, like I said when the story broke, someone had an axe to grind with that newspaper and used their power to grind it, regardless of constitutional protection. I think what might be missing in this story is the fact that this kind of constitutional abuse happens in small towns all over the country. Local authority in many cases are the only authority in small towns. A lot of people don't realize that. The sheriffs too are all powerful and nothing can be done. They have the power to jail you and tax you many times, so watch out. About MAGA threatening the indictment judge and jury members, and she considers herself that, Ms. Shry, the defendant in this case. Next TYT reporter says, oh weird, so when regular people threaten judges, they go to jail. Doesn't seem to work that way with everybody though, you think? YouTube, also about the judge who allowed the newspaper to be raided. Dystopian Dragon says, if this judge is so sloppy with this, what else is she doing? Well, we do know about the school that hit the school and the other vehicle. And also about the indictment judge and the jury members being threatened. Bud Rollins says, misunderstanding of free speech. Yes, Ms. Shry, all, all speech is not protected. We should tell you that. One more for you. Twitch, also about the judge. Amanda Lorian 84 says, yeah, that was an illegal raid and that poor old lady died from the police state. You can't stress out a 90 year old person like that. Touche, touche, charges could be great in this one, who knows? 
It's that time of the show once again, and we'll call it International I Wish a Karen Would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Get the out of here! Whoa, what's the, what's the, Take a video, yeah, take a video. Yeah. Why dad kill you? Ha ha! Little bitch! One second. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. خلاص بقى خلاص تعال I'll show you I'll show you I got you on the video خلاص 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 wonderful and frankly, I love our team here, but I don't know why we bothered to blur that. I heard you needed a microscope to see what was going on there, okay? This guy believed he was 10 feet tall, Ben, but just a disgusting racist. And I got friends in Canada and I was always told that Canada doesn't play this. You can't do this stuff in Canada. What say you? Well, Canada just basically does a milder version of everything we do here, so they mm. do do it. As my <laughs> friend Alon Gold once said about Canada, my comedian friend, this is my impression of Canada. Just stealing all of our ideas, and they're stealing oh, wow. our races too. They're stealing wow. our Karens too. They, they, uh, they, they, they do it. This person. Not surprisingly, doesn't have original thoughts as to why he's mad at this person. He goes for the racist classics. He goes, go back to your country. I wonder where that came from. Also, Trump inspired and reinvigorated, but that's a that's a tried and true for decades and decades. As though anybody is from here originally. North America typically wasn't white dudes jogging, who then also had a false bravado and said, come on, let's go. Until the guy approached towards him and he walked the other way while saying, you can't do sh while walking away from the guy. And then showing his penis to the family seems the wrong move. You know, call me Mr. Etiquette, but I feel like that's not something you're supposed to do yeah. to families. Yeah, it is, you know, why go there? You don't broke my heart though. The victims in this case who were recording. And then you heard the one man say, we're recording you, you know, as if to kind of back the perp off and say, you're gonna get in trouble. And it had no effect. That's really where we are in all societies today where people are gonna do what they're gonna do, whether it's Mishrai threatening a federal judge and a congresswoman over MAGA and Trump or Alberta. It okay. did have an effect. It amped him up the second he said, I'm filming you is when he pulled down his pants. Everybody wants to be famous now. The guy said, "Oh, you're filming me. Let's launch the OnlyFans right now. Wow. Well, and maybe you will.
maybe he will. We want to know who it is. If you have insight, you're across the border, you maybe this is your neighbor, maybe you know this person. There he is. <laughs> All I'm telling you is it didn't need to be that big. Okay, you didn't. That's thank a strong you. He's carrying a surfboard there. That is not <laughs> exactly. And I'm telling blur. you, that's right. Okay, the size of a penny, and that would have done it. But again, we do thank our team for protecting our eyes. Um, but people do need to hear this stuff at least because it's still out there and it's all over, all over the world. That guy flashed that family with a black surfboard. It, yes, not even a logo, not even sponsored. Um, he's a real one. A real something or another. Again, you have friends in Canada, I have friends in Canada. I believe that this is actionable, this is criminal, not just the pulling down of the pants. Remember, this is the country that Bill O'Reilly was told you can't come here. Laura Ingram was told you can't come here once they spread some rhetoric, maybe wrote a book that people objected to. And Canada said, you're banned for a little while, okay? You're banned. And then they probably said sorry to them. But anyway, that's just what I know about what happens up north. Um, I'll give you the last word. Listen, I just hope you're not filming me during this show. Otherwise, things could take a real turn. I believe that we're just having do. a political discussion, commenting on the news of the day privately. But if this is going out broadcast, thank God this camera shot is just top third of my body. Thank God it's right. And let's keep it pointed that way. Malfunctions happen all the time. Um, and so we're gonna go to break and make sure everybody's cleaned up. This is indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, Ben Gleeb, BenGleeb.com joins us as special guest host today. We're right back. Man who leaked photos, videos of his ex-girlfriend must now pay her $1.2 billion. Okay, think twice. Revenge porn, not the right thing. Texas woman identified by her initials only, DL, has been awarded $1.2 billion by a jury following a lawsuit against her ex, Marquise Jamal Jackson, for subjecting her to years of harassment that included the dissemination of nude and intimate photos of her he'd collected without her knowledge. An important point, folks, because whether she consented or not, it's the wrong thing to do, but she didn't even know this was going on. Jackson obtained these photos by hacking into DL's home security system and accessing cameras in her family's home. Jezebel with the details on this one. So what went down here? DL suit notes that over the course of her once loving, trusting relationship with Jackson, she shared passwords and login information for many of her accounts and her family's accounts with him. Jackson was able to access the security system of her mother's house to record her every move as the relationship soured. After their breakup, Jackson created numerous fake social media accounts to send DL's stolen photos to her acquaintances and loved ones at all hours of the day. One point, he emailed her student loan officer with a false claim that DL had taken a fraudulent, fraudulent rather loan in an extreme example of how abusive partners perpetrate financial abuse. DL suit says that as their relationship of four years began to deteriorate in 2020, Sometime after Jackson lost his job and was living with DL and her family, he began collecting photos and videos to punish and harass her in the future without her knowledge. After they broke up in October 2021, Jackson began tormenting DL, 
creating a publicly accessible Dropbox folder of her photos, sharing the folder with a prominent pornography site, and then sharing links with her friends, family members, and coworkers. Quoting, you will spend the rest of your life trying and failing to wipe yourself off the internet. Everyone you ever meet will hear the story and go looking. Happy hunting, he wrote to DL. In March 2022, according to her lawsuit, now in the wake of the verdict last week, DL's attorney Bradford Glide told the Huffington Post on Wednesday that Jackson will spend the rest of his life trying and failing to wipe his financial debt clear. DL told Huffington Post that at varying points over the past few years, she tried pressing criminal charges, seeking a restraining order against Jackson, and tried to ask online platforms to take down her photos. But she said no one offered her real help. There was a vivid moment that I felt there was no escape. I felt I was completely hopeless, DL recalled. I felt no one would hear my plea for help. She also told the outlet she felt violated and disgusting and a great shame. And that these feelings only got worse as Jackson's harassment continued. Today she's hopeful that the jury's verdict will help broaden knowledge on this type of abuse and collectively influence laws to better protect us in this digital age. 2016 study found 10 million Americans, about one in 25 have been victims of revenge porn. 48 states including Texas, Washington may have laws that explicitly prohibit revenge porn. But it's important to also note this can happen to anyone. Even famous people, according to business insider stars such as Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Upton, and others, have also been targeted. Jacob Schiffer, another attorney representing DL, told the outlet he has hopes that people will pay attention to her case and they'll learn more about appropriate ways to talk about cyber sexual violence and exploitation, which can often be referred to as revenge porn. With this phrase, Schiffer said, you think of people who are agreeing to pornography when many victims like DL don't consent or sometimes even know they're being recorded or that their photos are being shared. So Ben, $1.2 billion is a huge judgment. He doesn't have the money, okay? He's a, he doesn't have the money. He didn't get it from the Saudis like Jared did, okay? But it does send a message here. This won't be tolerated, but it falls flat to me because even if he had the money, she still has to live with this. It's very painful. What's your reaction? I agree, I think it's a very hefty fine. So at least if it's gonna be only a financial penalty, he will be burdened with this for the rest of his life. I mean, he's not gonna be able to make an extra dollar without having to turn it over to her. So at least there's that. But yeah, you're right, this should be a criminal penalty with jail time. It's again, it's the only way, I know I'm sounding today like some sort of sheriff that wants everybody locked up in the slammer. But when you are a horrible human being, you do it. I mean, one in 25 Americans, 4% or my math might be off, but somewhere in that neighborhood, a huge percentage of Americans have had this happen to them. It's insane, the social contract, as you put it, Sharon, even if somebody consents to nude images or sexual images, the social contract is when that relationship goes sour as they usually do, that is never 
ever even thought about, seen by anybody. It is not something you hold as leverage. If you do, you are a bad human being. That you are. You straight up, and then to record somebody without their knowledge. I mean, I don't understand how it's not a criminal case. I don't understand sure. how somebody being filmed without their consent is not an easy close and shut case. And I realize both closing and shutting are the same thing. So I don't know the phrase for that, but whatever locking and, and storing kind of case is what yeah. it should be. I think you're exactly right. And my hope for DL is that she fully identifies that she is not to blame here. She is not a victim. And perhaps she won't be able to ever scrub these images from the internet, which I think is sick. I think internet companies should step up at some point and allow some kind of notice, something to go in where that it can be wiped. But perhaps those as her perpetrator threatened, who will always see it, who will always run to it and happy hunting. She may be able to at some point heal enough to look at this as a weeding out. Because any man or woman, any person who would torment someone with this, as you said, you're not a good person. It's a sick act. It's a very sick act. And like you said, it affects too many. Ben, because people should be allowed to do whatever they want. I don't care what people want to do in their bedroom or wherever, as long as you're not hurting me. She didn't consent to this. And the laws, I don't know why. Why do you think they haven't caught up in all states and been stronger with this? It kind of it's kind of like they just say, you shouldn't do this. The end. I think it's still a vest of not even a vestige because that implies the thing is gone of just old school patriarchy. I still think that men are in charge in most of these places and in most of these positions of power. And so typically, historically, the images people have are from the female partner in a relationship and the dudes don't think it's a big deal. And it's time that not only do we get far more women in these positions of power so that it's equal or actually let's experience for some amount of time the scales tip the other way. But also we just need, we have a crisis of empathy. We need people in positions of power who are men to realize, all right, things are different now. We now have to embrace our partners and the other half of society, the 51% of our society as equals who deserve everything that we get, even if they're not the ones that always get to make that law yet. We can do it on their behalf as human beings, we're all humans. We we focus so much on the differences between people so we can feel mm-hmm. siloed. Instead of realizing we're all humans, we're all part of the same species. We're all on this weird planet trying to make sense of life. If we all were kinder to each other, there would be so much fewer problems, we'd have a much more coherent, balanced and peaceful life. And my God, did I drop edibles during the break? Because I'm so sweet right now. <laughs> you are, it's lovely. Are your shows this sweet? No, <laughs> they are not. <laughs> this, that's my kind of show. Well, yeah, as Perfect. you said, we'll button it with the it's sick, degenerate behavior. It is bad behavior. What do you call someone, in this case a man, who chooses to go up to unknowing women 
and sniff butt. That's what he did, sniffed butt. I'll give you the details. TikTokers catch the same man sneaking up and sniffing them. What are, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Southern California, a man caught on video on two different occasions sneaking up on women and sniffing them. Watch. So I get to Barnes and Noble and get my Starbucks. I'm super excited to look at books, but this is the area that it started. I was in this corner for a while and I noticed the guy was staring at me through that little hole. And I couldn't tell if I was being paranoid or if he was just reading a book and he just happened to be in that little corner. Anyways, it felt like anywhere I moved, he kept following me. So I recorded just in case he was trying to say anything or do anything to me. But I definitely didn't expect him to do this. Like what the actual... And the whole time I'm thinking I'm fine because he hasn't said anything or touched me or anything. But then you notice that he goes over and does the same thing to this girl. And he'll crouch down low and pretend like he's doing something and then smell. I don't know. And the whole time I'm wondering why he's always around me. But this was our interaction. What are you doing? I was so freaked out when I turned around and saw him literally under me, so freaking close to me. So I decided to tell the front desk. He's a really creepy guy. Um, he has like these red beads and he's like pretending like he's tying shoes and I think he's like smelling people. Maybe like you're on there. Oh, oh Pull up a manager now. Thank you. And then I try to walk to my car as fast as possible because I don't want to run into him. Southern California, Barnes and Noble. Woman just wants to find a new book. One of the thoughts I had was, this is so pathetic and sick. This sniffing, is this a one-off? But the thing is, people who are compelled to sniff and do this kind of thing, compelled to do it, it has to be malignant, right? And indeed, there's another woman who had a similar encounter. Are you following me? No. My bad. Yeah. Give me the details. Police in California are investigating whether a 36-year-old ex-convict was recently arrested in a peeping Tom case and has a history of prowling offenses. Is the same man seen in the viral TikTok videos appearing to crouch behind women sniffing their butts at a Los Angeles area Barnes and Noble bookstore. Detectives will be speaking with other potential victims to confirm it is the same person they encountered, the statement said. The man suspected in the crime is Khalees. Karan Crowder, who was arrested on a warrant August 6th for a different prowling incident at a family home in suburban Glendale. Police said he pleaded no contest at his arraignment on Monday and he was sentenced to 60 days in the county jail. He was ordered to enter a sexual impulse rehabilitation program. I want to keep the mug shot up. Because, you know, 
it's not about people's looks, but the ears make him fully identifiable. They also make me wonder if he was sniffing around Mike Tyson's house because they appear to be altered in some way. This man apparently has been doing this for so long because Candace Ori, the wife of former Lakers star Robert Ori, the one with all those rings, said Crowder stalked their daughter a decade ago at their home. He went to jail only to come out and continue the same behavior. She wrote on X, the company previously known as Twitter. Thank you for getting the word out that he is back. He needs to be put away for good. Crowder's long history of illegal acts, we'll go through them. Long history of peeping, prowling, residential burglary in Glendale, police said when he was arrested for prowling in September 2021. According to a news release, in June 2011, Crowder was arrested for peeping and occupied residential burglaries. He was convicted and sentenced to eight years in prison, officials said. His arrest came after an hours long search that shut down a six block area. Los Angeles Daily News reported law and crime filling in details. According to the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, Crowder's conviction history dates to 2006 when he was sentenced to two years for second degree robbery. He received 395 days of pre-sentence credits awarded by the sentencing court for time served while awaiting trial, officials said. He was released to parole supervision August 29, 2007 after serving his full sentence as defined by law. Over the next five years, Crowder would return to prison multiple times for similar burglary offenses. Here again, Ben, I don't believe this is being taken seriously. He goes away from burglary for years, but for sniffing 60 days, stalking a child, it's unconscionable. I've not heard of this kind of conduct, now I know. We need, it seems like we need three strikes laws back, not allowing you to go over the limit for victimless crimes, for drug crimes like it was mistakenly done in the first place. But if somebody is a consistent nuisance to society, you can't allow other people's lives to be disturbed, to be ruined, to be traumatized because somebody doesn't want to play by the accepted rules of society. And that's from the very bottom to the very top of the power echelons of our country, you just cannot allow it. You can't allow that shy woman to be making four recent similar threatening phone calls. You can't allow this man to be harassing women at bookstores around the world and messing with the wife of one of my favorite basketball players of all time, mm. number five, Robert Ory. Man's got six rings, you don't wanna punch from a fist that has six rings on it, probably five rings. And then one on the other hand, but you get the point. And I think really the underlying, this is a horrible person with horrible actions. Underlying this also is this is not gonna help the struggling bookstore industry to make no. a comeback either. <laughs> you order a book online, nobody sniffs you. And so right. bookstores are gonna have to do a better job of monitoring the clientele walking in there. Otherwise, your your last vestiges of a breath are not gonna be lasting long. It's gonna be the plot of you've got mail without the nice ending on the bridge. Hey mm. man, I gotta tell you, you know, and if someone like Robert Ory grabs Shaq, the time he's with the Lakers, and he goes and handles it himself in a case like this, 
people would say, whoa, okay, we understand, but let the law deal with this sniffer. Barnes and Nobles, though, Ben should not have to, you know, put up a sign that says issues, shirts required, and by the way, no sniffing. Okay, women should be able to go to look at books, coffee, get out of the house, whatever it is, and not be subjected to this. I think that there's a heroic measure with them because it's embarrassing, even though you you didn't ask for this and you're you're not really part of this. He's the sick one, but they're warning others. Yes, if you had to put every deviant behavior on signs entering facilities, those would be long signs. People are very creative in how disturbing yes. they are. And you're right, I think, you know, we live in this TikTok, Instagram age, and at least that is one thing that people can do. It's one thing that a woman can do that at least takes some of her power back in this situation instead of having to silently suffer these things and have people not even believe them often. I mean, the things that I've had girlfriends tell me that they're exposed to by sure. men just passing by in a tight space, grabbing their ass, doing just the worst inappropriate things, you almost don't. Until you really learn it or see it up close, you just think it's some degree in someone's head. You're like, really? You're caught every day you're being right. And then you see it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, really? There's just a bunch of jerks and monsters out there. You're dealing with it nearly every day. And so at least now people can post on TikTok and feel that they're taking control of their own narrative and spreading the word and warning others. So that's one small modicum of relief in a world that at least can expose these things and hopefully make action much like, you know, the filming of corrupt police. You wish the action never happened in the first place, but the filming is what is going to bring change. Yeah, gotta call it out. Gotta continue to call it out, ladies. Document it, do all you can, and be on the lookout, okay? Be on the lookout for this kind of behavior. Eat Brussels sprouts as well. I wanna eat Brussels sprouts, okay? He's got to be kept at bay. Much more indisputable when we come back, Ben Glebe is our special guest host today. I'm Sharon Reedon for Dr. Richie all week. We're right back. And Glebe is our special co-host today. This is an enormous tragedy here, another one. An innocent pregnant woman fatally shot by police. Family of 27 year old Destiny Thompson, pregnant Denver, Colorado woman is seeking unspecified damages in a suit filed against four officers and a sergeant as of Tuesday, two years after Thompson was fatally shot by an Arvada officer as she tried to simply drive away from officers who had surrounded her car when she was mistaken for a shoplifter. Thompson was already the mother of three children and frequently found work as a housekeeper. The details. She was leaving an Arvada motel on August 17, 2021, when several officers approached her, saying they were looking for a Latina who had brandished a knife as she was stealing a cart full of merchandise from a Target store. It's according to the suit filed in district court in Denver County, NBC News, with the details. The actual suspect, who also had stolen items from the store two days previously, had a chest tattoo. She was wearing a white tank top. She Allegedly had gone to the motel, the suit says. Thompson, who was wearing a white tank, but did not have a chest tattoo, was leaving the motel to eat lunch as officers arrived. 
When she got into her minivan, she was blocked in by a police vehicle. An officer surrounded her yelling, eventually shattering passenger window. Thompson was scared and tried to back out of the parking space before she drove over the curb and toward the road without posing a risk to officers, it says. She drove about 25 yards before Arvada police officer Anthony Benalo fired eight shots, one of which killed Thompson and her unborn child, the suit says. Officer Benalo's decision to kill Ms. Thompson was patently unreasonable, the family says in the suit. Lawsuit also names Arvada officers CJ Bickmore, Chris Dennehy, and Ian Goat. Also, Sergeant Jeff Orndahl as defendants. Arvada police allege that Thompson, who had felony arrest warrants for probation violations stemming from a conviction for second degree assault on a peace officer and dangerous drugs, unexpectedly put the van in reverse, hitting the police vehicle behind her. Believing the suspect had hit or run over a plainclothes officer, an officer fired at the minivan, the department said, adding that officers thought she posed a threat. An autopsy determined a gunshot was the cause of Thompson's death. She tested positive for meth, fentanyl, morphine, amphetamine, police said. District Attorney Alexis D. King declined to press charges against these officers. That was in April 2022. I find that the officer's use of deadly physical force was legally justified to defend himself and others from the threat posed. Thompson's father, Francis Thompson, age 50, said the police department tried to downplay the killing by waiting more than a year to release the incident report. He said the shooting has taken a toll on the family. I wish I could tell her one more time that I love her and I'll never stop fighting for her. I'm not gonna let go. They waited a year to release the incident report and and there's no body cam footage or if there is, we don't have it. There's something about Putting the vehicle in reverse, drugs in her system, eight shots. Let's remember what they were there for. Someone, it's alleged, stole a cart full of merchandise from Target. And apparently the DA says not, no one's gonna pay for this, it was justified. I didn't even think stealing from Target was illegal anymore, first Thank of you. all. So certainly should not be a death sentence. And I say that first part, you know, sarcastically. Obviously, we shouldn't have any sort of crime shoplifting be legal either, but there needs to be proportionality. There needs to be restraint on behalf of officers, somebody's life and the future potential life of her unborn child taken away. Because somebody was scared and wanted to escape. Now that said, I also do want to remind people that part of the social contract we agree with in our society is that you don't run from the cops. It's not a good idea. They clearly are not trained well in de-escalation. They clearly have time and time again whenever, and I understand how scary it can be to be a person of color being detained by the police, to be anybody detained by the police, but much worse so in that case. But it just seems to get much, much worse when you ever try to escape. So as as, as messed up as it may be, you really do have to comply and wait until it gets cleared up because it only escalates things very badly if you try to escape. Um, but that's not to excuse the behavior of officers and that's not to excuse an unlawful shooting and hopefully those officers 
are found guilty if that indeed was the facts as they're laid out and and appropriate punishment is built yeah. out. But but uh, I'd love to see the, the body cam. It is. I'd love to see the body cam footage and see if it matches up with what was in that incident report released a year later. man who shot his neighbor. Why? She asked him to turn down his music. Alejandro Morales, a Georgia man, been charged after being accused of shooting his neighbor, Jalen Evans Jones, who asked him to lower his music. Morales is 51, was only charged though with reckless conduct. Eric and Jalen Evans Jones said they decided to knock on Morales' door to ask him to turn the volume down when the unexpected happened, according to the outlet. He told the news station that his wife was shot through the closed door moments later. Music suddenly went off. I heard the racking of a gun and a shot fired. It was immediately thereafter striking my wife, he said, WSB TV with the reporting. She immediately yelled out saying, "Oh my God, babe, they shot me in my abdomen. And a black star filling in the details. Jalen was hospitalized and had to undergo multiple surgeries due to her injuries. Eric said the bullet struck her large intestine and is inside her body a few centimeters from her spine. He added doctors had to remove a portion of her colon, the news station reported. Couple said they no longer feel safe at the apartment complex and want accountability. Veranda Apartments will allow the duo to break their lease or change their unit. Atlanta News first reported. This is not the first time, of course, a knock on a door has led to violence in Georgia. What's going on here is the question. Last month, Daryl Bynes on the right of Atlanta sentenced to life behind bars for killing his 19 year old neighbor, Omarion Banks on the left, who knocked on his apartment door in 2019. The Atlanta Journal Constitution reported, witnesses in court said the teen apologized for the mistake. However, he was shot multiple times by Bynes while he was running away. Of course, who could forget the cases of Kinsley White, Peyton Washington, Ralph Yarl, Kaylin Gillis, Jeeke Owens. They were shot, similar circumstances across the country. I guess when there's a knock at the door, instead of just not answering or if you have a peephole kind of seeing what's going on, it's shoot first. Explain later, Ben. There's just nothing you can say, you know. I was gonna make a joke about not keeping your music loud and how it bothers everybody, and then you show the photos of the people, and you realize that, you know, some things are just not even worthy yeah. of any sort of joke. It's people are out of control. People were living in a lawless mind frame, and I really, I'm not trying to bring everything back to Trump, but when you have leaders at the very top that flout the law at every angle, of course, it's gonna make everybody think the laws don't matter. Rational, reasonable behavior don't matter. When the people who certainly are very familiar with the law can get away with it, then they think it's lawless. We live in the wild west now and you look at somebody funny and they can shoot you in the face. And and it's just very sad, it obviously needs to stop. And again, it's just through bringing to account bringing to punishment the people that are perpetrating these horrible crimes and at least trying to get the message out there that despite a rogue leader, despite rogue messaging coming from 
news networks trying to inflame people, you still can't take the law into your own hands. There still is society that's not crazy and not driven simply by ratings and money and your your crimes will come back to haunt you. I'm thankful the, the woman in Georgia who was with her husband did survive, but it is sick. And maybe when the one of the top guys is held accountable, other people may just get it. Uh, let's give you an update on the Michael Orr uh, conservatorship issue with the Tui family. There's this, Sean and Leanne Tui intend to end their conservatorship for Michael Orr. Lawyers for the couple said during a news conference Wednesday, Orr filed a petition with Shelby County, Tennessee probate court Monday to end the conservatorship, which he claims the Tui's deceived him into signing, saying they were legally adopting him. Court records show Orr signed that conservatorship paper. In August 2004, three months after his 18th birthday, legal experts have said there is no basis for the conservatorship to even exist. Sean Tui and the couple's attorneys have said this week that the conservatorship was a means of protection for or to attend Ole Miss, the couple's alma mater, and that the maneuver would make him part of the family. USA Today with the details. All along, Orr said he thought he'd been legally adopted. Or is also seeking back pay for any money the Tuies may have earned through that conservatorship. Mainly the life rights agreement and contract for the 2009 blockbuster movie, The Blind Side, which starred Sandra Bullock, got an award for it. In an interview with the Washington Post, Michael Lewis, the author who wrote the book, the film was based on said that despite the movie's success, no one involved in the book saw millions of dollars from the movie. Everybody should be mad at the Hollywood studio system, Lewis said. Michael Orr should join the writer's strike. It's outrageous how Hollywood accounting works, but the money is not in the Tui's pockets. Well, speaking of books, leave it to TMZ, okay, they're digging. According to TMZ, Michael Orr knew the Tui family were his legal conservators. In 2011, despite claiming in legal docs that he just became aware this February, and the proof is in the former NFL star's own book. However, the book had a co-author in Don Yeager. So the words used may not be what or intended. And you see it there, give you a little bit of it. It kind of felt like a formality as I'd been part of the family for more than a year at that point since I was already over the age of 18 and considered an adult by the state of Tennessee. Sean and Leanne would be named as my legal conservators. They explained to me, that it means pretty much the exact same thing as adoptive parents. But the laws were just written in a way that took my age into account. Again, that's from Michael Orr's book. This whole saga is sad, and I do think that somebody owes him money. Let's say the Tuies didn't get any money from this, Ben. And we know Michael Orr didn't, nobody got rich, the author says. Maybe they were bad deal makers. And maybe he, he should get a portion of what they should have received for this. But you know Hollywood better than I do. Is that a pipe dream? Oh Yeah, that's a pipe dream. I mean, there are a lot of elements here because from what I heard, the Tuies did get some money, might have been only $75,000. But certainly if the young man himself didn't get a part of that, he's entitled to at least a third of that. He's one third of that story. He's arguably 50% of that story. He's the whole crux of the story and should be you know, enumerated 
from them, remunerated from them. But uh, no doubt, the Hollywood system is very broken. You know, I'm on strike right now as an actor. Um, we're on the picket lines. I'm heading out there when I can. I was on the picket line supporting the WGA as well. They do not share the wealth, and that is absolutely a fact. When a movie makes millions and millions of dollars and leads to Oscars, um, there is money to be had, and people don't value the creators of the stories, the people themselves, the writers, the actors that bring it to life. The artists are not valued, let alone, I guess, apparently the inspirations of these stories. It's really junk, and mm. it's not how it should be. You know, I have a game show, Idiot Test, that went from a network to Netflix. I didn't see one penny for two years streaming on Netflix, not one penny when they're making billions off of our shows. Um, residuals are very low. It's very hard to get better deals. They have the power over you, and they just, and the whole, these whole strikes are over less than 1% or around 1% of the profits that could just change the lives of these writers and actors and that would not significantly in any way change the lives of the executives and the CEOs of these companies. So it's pretty frustrating. I just can't believe Sandra Bullock would do this. She is the mom <laughs> in real life, right? Uh, Sandy has spoken out. We had her reaction yesterday, Ben, and she's heartbroken. She poured her heart into this role and she believes that forevermore, she I believe won an Oscar, correct me, our crack team, Jordan, if I'm wrong. She believes that forever now, when someone looks at the blind side, rents it, whatever, on Netflix, perhaps they will have, be looking at a tainted story. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, Michael Orr speaking out, the family, family broken. Um, I want to talk more about your special. So again, Tell people where they can see it, find it, uh, root for you, and laugh a lot. Thank you, Sharon. So my last hour special, my most recent one rather, The Mad King, it's on YouTube. You can see the info right there. Um, link is in my social media bios, at Ben Glebe on Twitter, Threads, TikTok, and Instagram. And September 9th is my next live virtual show. Tickets for that at NowhereComedy.com. You can join me from around the world and be part of the show. And uh, this Friday, doing a kind of a semi-private fundraiser show, performing workshops, fun stuff, and stand up for me. And, and the link is in my Instagram story right now. So go check that out, tap that link, and come laugh if you're in the west side of LA, if you happen to be. Well, we love you. You're Rebel HQ as well, um, your insight, yep. your comedy. And apparently, who are you? Because you're a rapper too. <laughs> Maybe you'll sample something for us at some point here in the future. Um, but we root for you always, and um, you're Thank easier to root for, so there's that. Thank, Thank you, Ben. You I'm retired yeah. from the rap game for now, but I will consider coming out if the contract is generous enough. We'll get the twoies to negotiate it for you, Ben. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. I am Sharon Reed. This is Indisputable. I've been in all week for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We'll see you next time.